the premier home for all things sport in the Eastern Panhandle. He's across midfield. He's into the open field. Touchdown, Martinsburg. Towards the pylon. Touchdown, Washington. Hear from the coaches and players that make the Eastern Panhandle the place for sports in the state of West Virginia. This kid, he's got silver bullets. And it's a two-possession lead for the Appleman. Gets a high snap. Robinson trying to get to the outside. Makes a trick move. Gets to the inside. Keyshawn Robinson. Touchdown, Cougars. Be a part of the conversation on today's show by texting at 304-263-4321. The throw not in time. Hedgesville's going to Charleston. Gavin Young puts the drive up 9-63-54. The Spring Mills Cardinals, 18-0 to finish the regular season. Now, live from the Hoppy Kerchival Building in historic Martinsburg. Get your popcorn ready. Panhandle Sports Live is on the air. Welcome into the show, boys and girls. It's Panhandle Sports Live for this 12th day of December 2023, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kerchival Building here in Martinsburg on, what's today, Tuesday? This Tuesday morning, it's Luke Wiggs, Daniel Woods, Parker Stone hanging out with you. Gentlemen, how are we? Well, we're feeling good today. We're feeling good. I mean, run that back. We're feeling good today. We're feeling good. I don't know why I'm like I'm a little raspy this morning, but yeah, we're, we're feeling good. Tommy Cutlets is here to stay, so we're uh, <laughs> we're riding high today as a Giants fan. Is no matter. I, I just checked the draft order for 24 this morning and saw the Giants move down to eighth, but they are again a game out of the wild card right now. So welcome to the NFL in 2023. I'm. It's if if anything was proven last night is that Daniel Jones is not the franchise quarterback for the New York Giants. So are I'm we, excited. Are we learning that it's really not that hard to play quarterback in the NFL? <laughs> I mean, how many backups have won a game this year? It's true. At least half teams. Joe Flacco was sitting on the couch for five years and all of a sudden he's winning games. Jake Browning. Jake Browning is another one. Do you guys see like the self roast that the Browns did with Joe Flacco saying all he does is win in this game? Yeah, stadium? that was pretty good. Yeah, that, that was, was good. good. <laughs> Well, we've got a lot to come on today's show uh, as we continue our conversation, our look around EPAC girls basketball. Tim Potter and the Musselman Lady Appleman have gotten off to a great start to the season. We're going to be talking to him top of the, or bottom of the hour, make that. Uh, but we're also going to have a, a pretty specific Berkeley Springs focus coming up here in just a couple of moments when Chad Brenniger joins us, the head coach of the Berkeley Springs boys basketball team. Uh, and also, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that uh, there's been a new hire over at Berkeley Springs as well in the world of high school baseball as uh, Quentin Thompson has been appointed the new head coach of Berkeley Springs Baseball. We're going to endeavor to fit Coach Thompson into the next couple of days to introduce you guys to him. But, Daniel, I'll start with you because uh, Coach Thompson has uh, served most recently at a program that you're all too familiar with, was a three-year assistant coach at University High. That is correct, and University High had its best season in about two decades this past year, making the state tournament for the first time in about that stretch of time. And... Uh, he was part of a staff under Brad Comport that's been there for a handful of years after uh, Buck Riggleman, who led that program for a very long time, uh, recently retired. Uh, but Brad Comport and his staff, which Quentin Thompson was a member of, came in two to three years ago, and it's really turned into a developmental program. They churn out guys that come in, they play JV baseball, uh, they get a ton of at-bats, they get a ton of innings in the field. And then by the time they're juniors and seniors, they're ready to be big-time contributors at the varsity level. And that's what they got last year. I mean, they had uh, just a, I mean, a freak athlete in Noah Bram that is uh, playing football at WVU now that won the Triple Crown that was the state player of the year. But they have other guys that they developed along the way to fill out the rest of that lineup. And 
uh, really impressively developed a, a pitching staff on that team. So uh, if if Berkeley Springs baseball turns into anything like what university's been the last couple of years, you can expect a program that's going to develop players and is going to compete every time they take the field. And Parker Stone, we've seen some turnover in some of the head coaching positions at Berkeley Springs High, which, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. There's not a ton of prolonged athletic success to be found at Berkeley Springs, regardless of the sport over the last couple of years. However, you can't knock the passion of the fan base. You can't knock the participation from the community. So there's an opportunity with the full support of the great city of Berkeley Springs to elevate one of those programs to success that they haven't seen in the past. You know, you got to see a couple of years ago with Coach Ray, football mania sweep through the town for a team that ended up finishing six and four. You know, I've heard great things about, you know, how exciting basketball games can be there as well. So it's a it's a tough task to take over a program in Berkeley Springs. But, you know, you know that you've got a rabid community and fan support behind you that wants to see you do well. Well, yeah, this team last year on the baseball side only won three games on varsity. So there's I've, there's really nowhere to go but up, I feel like, with this team. And I'm excited to see what gets brought into this new culture and this new regime that Berkeley Springs is going to have on the baseball side of things. And as you mentioned, yeah, that, that you're going to have the full support of the community behind you. That's a special community of fans in Morgan County. That's one of the really the biggest things they have is that – high school's athletics and you saw the emotion and you saw everyone it was an event in the community when that losing streak got snapped in football at the end of this past football season that was a moment and everybody came out there were tears flying it's it's a community oriented if when you coach at Berkeley Springs you have a whole county and community and a town on your back as well that's one of the more special things I think that we have here in the eastern panhandle and with that comes a lot of support and with that is a lot of momentum I think with you if you have that many people coming out in droves and I know the success hasn't been there for the most part at least the past athletic season but there's a lot of hope now on both sides new coach coming in for baseball could be some uplift there's a win and the seems like the pieces are falling in place for coach eddie for football next year and we'll have to see what coach brenniger's got for basketball yeah certainly and speaking of coach brenniger we're going to take our first break a little early come back and talk to the man himself as we get you set up for another season of tribe basketball stay tuned you're listening to panhandle sports live you're listening to panhandle sports live want to join the conversation text in at 304-263-4321 Welcome back inside the Hoppy Kirchhoff building. As you heard John DeVinson say there on the intro, you can text us 304-263-4321. We'd love to get your thoughts on this upcoming high school basketball season. Uh, we're excited to broadcast a number of games over our family of stations, but specifically on 92.9, which has gone through a little bit of a metamorphosis. It's, it's now Cool 92.9, formerly WXDC, where Parker Stone will be the voice of Tri Basketball all season long, and their head coach, Chad Brenniger, joins us on the line right now. And, Coach, we're hearing bou- basketball's bounce all around the Eastern Panhandle. You guys tip it off in the regular season for the first time tomorrow night. Are you excited? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're always excited anytime we, you know, you play basketball. But um, I'm excited for this this group of kids we have. Certainly. Uh, well- well, well, Coach, let's start by kind of unpacking last year's season for Berkeley Springs. You know, there are a lot of uh, upperclassmen on that team that finished a couple of games below 500, but really improved as the year went on. What were kind of your 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 broad strokes view of last season? Uh, you know, that, that's a tough question. I, I just felt that we never could find the chemistry. Uh, you know, I thought we had the tools and we had the good kids. 
Um, but, you know, we had some injuries early in the season that hurt us a little bit. But, you know, that, that's going to happen. And, and you always you know, have to find ways to win. But it, it was a challenge for us. I think just the chemistry, you know, trying to find ourselves on the floor. And we just never did figure it out. And, uh, you know, we gave Kaiser a run for their money, and I thought we had a really good chance to win it. And our kids did, too, in the, our section of the game. It just, just didn't work out. And, Coach, we turn in this season now with some of the pieces that are in place. A couple of the key losses include Tymir Ross, Gavin Young as well. So some of the big players that we see returning, Landon Seatrip, he come on to the second half of the season, really got shooting the ball really well. Jake Sheiky, who was a surprise to some people towards the middle and late end of the season, who really came on. Outside of those two guys, are there any newcomers that have really stepped up, really, and are going to see significant time on this team? Uh, yeah, I mean, we have Holden Gerson back, who was a starter, and again, we lost him for most of the season last year due to injury. But um, we got a unique team. Uh, we, we actually have seven seniors, uh, junior and four freshmen. So it, it's a building process. And you know, I kind of look at it like, like a Lego set. You know, when you're a kid, you know, it's, it's going to be a building, a building, and, and the kids are learning each other. But they're a terrific group of kids. Um, and I see this group, you know, taking their lumps early in the season, but, you know, I think I see it's getting better every game and every day, and I see it in practice. Um, and, we, and we got some size this year, and something that we haven't had. You know, we, we got six three, six four, six five, and I think that'll make us more versatile in the offensive end as well as the defensive end, the way we do things. Coach, to have a, a large group of seniors like that, when you said you feel like there's going to be a building process, to have that much veteran leadership, what does that do for you guys? Ah, it's it's huge, and. You see it in practice, and, you know, I hope it carries over in the game, you know, start Wednesday night. But, you know, obviously we have a group of young kids, but the, the seniors are there to, to surround them and, and help them and encourage them. Uh, and to me, you know, that that's a win-win. And, and that goes a long ways, a lot more just, you know, the X's and O's in basketball. Um, but they've been terrific leaders in practice, encourage each other to, to do better. And, and that's what it takes. And, Coach, we take a look at your schedule in this first part of the season. Of course, you got Hedgesville on the road tomorrow. You've got down the line, you've got some matchups that are going to be really interesting. One, Grace Christian coming up on the 19th. Allegheny, that's always a tough game on the 21st of December. So, for getting the season on the right foot, it looked like for last season anyway, this team looked good and then had a little bit of a slump <laughs> around that February line or late in the middle of January, early February line. So, has that been preached a lot throughout getting ready for the season is that we got to keep it consistent all the way through? It has. It has. Um, you know, teams make runs and at the right times. And again, last year it didn't happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, we just, again, we want to get better every day in practice. And, and we, we don't want to take any steps back. And to answer your question, we do preach that. You know, let's get better and let's continue to get better. And let's continue to see results and, you know, don't take a step back like we did last year. Well, Coach, in terms of style of play, from what you're telling us, it seems as though you know a lot of your experience and a lot of your talent early on is going to be in your front court as opposed to last season where it seemed as though you were a pretty guard-oriented team. What is that going to equate to offensively? Are you guys going to slow things down a little bit in the half court? And what, what's that going to look like trying to play with, like you mentioned, uh, more size? Well, <laughs> it's, it's ironic uh... – these teams actually, or these kids, excuse me, they actually like to get up and down the floor a little bit. So we're pretty quick for our size. Um, 
but yeah, you know, we're an inside out team and it get, definitely gives us some more advantages around the basket. And, uh, I think having that size will create more opportunities for our shooters, you know, our guards that we have and Isaiah Hutchinson and, and Jake Olibaugh and, and, you know, Landon Chichram. But yeah, we're just going to, we're going to see where it goes. Um, these kids like to play, and they like to play hard and like to defend. And, you know, us being a defensive-oriented uh, coaching staff is always a plus. But, um, yeah, I'm, again, I'm, I'm excited to see see where we go with this. Well, Coach, you also mentioned some of the guys that are going to be stepping up on this team. With the departures of both Tymee Ross and Gavin Young, those are a lot of shots from last year that are going to be open to some new guys maybe to take those opportunities. We've looked at Landon, we've looked at Jake, we've looked at Holden as three guys that are from last year's team going into this year as guys that are going to be probably building blocks. There are going to be some players that could be filling those holes for the shots that maybe would have put up last year by different players. Uh, Connor Moss is a senior. He hasn't played since his freshman year, and uh, he, he he plays six five, and you know he's really good at facing the basket, and he can also shoot from the perimeter, um, which is you know obviously an asset that you like to have on your team, uh, especially with his height. Um, but we have some freshmen, uh, Jake Hollaball and, and Brennan Hoover, who can you know shoot the ball extremely well. Um, you know they just they just got to get. As freshmen, you know, kind of get caught up with the speed of the game, you know, varsity level, and uh, you know they're doing a good job with that. I've seen seen glimpses of it, you know, in our scrimmage we had a couple weeks ago. So. And Isaiah Hutchinson, uh, he played some JV varsity for us last year, and and our goal was, is, you know, to kind of grooming for this this role right here that he has, uh, you know, his senior year, and, and he's really stepped up the plate. And he gives you everything he has. Uh, we're trying to. Discipline a little bit as far as you know the way he plays defensively and, and be a little more patient on offense. But uh, he showed signs that he can really shoot the basketball. You know, his first part of the season. Well, uh, lastly, this coach, you know, obviously high school basketball has gone through a bit of a metamorphosis with four classes, but you're still playing a lot of the same regional teams and, and, and sectional teams. What are, you know, kind of some of your thoughts coming into the season? A Hampshire team that's not that far removed from pulling off an upset as an eight seed down in Charleston. Kaiser's had some recent success, uh, as has East Hardy. I mean, wh what are some of your thoughts about your, your section and regional opponents as this continues to be, you know, a really tough and exciting and competitive area of the state to play high school basketball? Yeah, and that's a good question. And we, I, I don't look too far ahead, uh, especially with this group of kids. Uh, we don't have an easy game on our schedule this year, and we know that. We know, which is a good thing, and I think it's going to make us better. Uh, but we're just taking one game at a time. Uh, we're not looking ahead right now. Uh, again, we're just trying to find ourselves and, and uh, you know, who we're going to be and, and how we're going to play, and, and we'll let the rest take care of itself. Well, Berkeley Springs tips off their season tomorrow night. You can hear the game on newly minted Cool 92.9 where Parker Stone will have the call. And Coach Brenniger, we really appreciate you giving us the time this morning and uh, best yeah, of luck in this you. upcoming season. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Absolutely. That's uh, Chad Brenniger of Berkeley Springs. And Parker Stone, it's going to be interesting to watch this team play. Like you mentioned, you had two very ball-dominant players last year. Gavin Young is a capable facilitator and a good shooter. And Tymir Ross, who is more than capable of playing at the next level, You've got a lot of guys that impressed me last year. You mentioned Sheetrump and you mentioned Jake Sheiky, but these are guys now that aren't third or fourth or fifth options anymore. It's 
you know, you're going to have to lead this team in shots. You're going to have to get a bucket down the stretch. If this team wants to win games, somebody's going to have to step up and be that confident offensive weapon. And I'm excited to see who it's going to be. And that's what it's going to take. I was interested to hear Coach Brannigan's take on who is going to be those players that could take that next step. And there's a lot of shots that are going to have to be replaced on this team when you have guys like Tymeer and Gavin. Landon, I expect to be taking most of those shots. And we've talked about Landon. There's games where he can score 30. There's games where he doesn't have it and he scores maybe about six. So it's the consistency with Landon's going to be the biggest thing for me this season. And if he can get that more consistent, this is going to be a really good player for this Berkeley Springs team. Sheiky as well. If he can take that next step and be a guy that can consistently give you 10 to 12 a game, this roster is going to look good. And watch out for Kyle Moore as well. Was a fantastic freshman in football. Excited to see what he does on the basketball court and see and see if that athleticism translates over that way. And you mentioned and you heard Coach Brenniger say Isaiah Hutchinson is another guy to look out for as well. Had some moments, had some bench minutes up on varsity, played a little bit of JV and varsity bounce between the two during last season. Expect him to see a lot more minutes this year. Well, and Daniel, I thought it was interesting too, him talking about this tough schedule in this part of the state when it comes to uh, AAA basketball. And, and you got to spend a brief amount of time, you know, covering the Trinity Warriors when they were in class AAA before moving down. And you're familiar with the teams in this area. Hampshire's a, a really tough place to play. You know, East Hardy's got one of the more unique gyms in the state. Kaiser presents a unique challenge there in Tornado Alley. And while, you know, Berkeley Springs, like we talked about, don't have a lot of prolonged uh, athletic success. Nobody wants to be the team to have to come to Berkeley Springs and play in a sectional game because it seems as though home court advantage, especially in this section and region, might be more impactful than anywhere else in the state. Absolutely right. It, it's just a lot of tough places to play. And you look back uh, around this area and a lot of the teams at Berkeley Springs are going to play. And like you said, it's not an easy place to play for a lot of the teams in this area. Even even the ones that you're playing consistently, it's not a short bus ride to a lot of these places either. Uh, so you're on the bus. It's a, a decent trip for you. You got to get out. You got to get the leg stretched. And then you're running into a buzzsaw of a crowd at a lot of these places, too. And you know, going on the road and coming out of the locker room and, and seeing that kind of crowd can can knock some people off their game. So. Uh, like you said, home court advantage is a very big deal for a lot of these schools, and it's pretty easy to see why. Certainly. Well, we got a break to take. When we return, we're going to turn our attention back to the EPAC, uh, where Musselman head bas her girls basketball coach Tim Potter will be our guest. You're not going to want to miss that. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, part of the Panhandle News Network. And as always, you can text us, 304-263-4321, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville Building here in Martinsburg. It's Luke Wiggs, Parker Stone, Daniel Woods hanging out with you. Stay tuned. The award-winning Panhandle Live is coming by top of the hour with a really special political announcement. You're certainly not going to want to miss that. Uh, but we turn our attention now back to the EPAC and girls basketball, where arguably the hottest team in the conference and the Musselman Lady Appleman have started 5-2, and two, and their head coach, Tim Potter, joins us on the phone right now. And Coach, how are you on this Tuesday? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing just fine. Well, Coach, I mean, the question everyone's been dying to ask you, this is a, a Musselman team that won five games a season ago, and they've already won five through their first seven games this year. What, what has been the key to the early success? Uh, I think it's just buy-in and consistency. Uh, you know, it all started with the offseason. I think that was right when I got hired. I had a meeting with them, and I emphasized how important the offseason was, and that's kind of where it started. And I'll be honest with you, these girls have been grinding – given it their best ever since. 
Well, what was your game plan in terms of implementing your game plan, stepping into a new coaching role there at Musselman? You know, you had a short period of time to install uh, the culture that you wanted to install. Uh, what was that process been like? And it seems as though, at least early on, you've accomplished a lot of those goals. Yeah, it, it's just like I said, uh, just getting some consistency because, you know, a lot of times the program, um, previously some of the girls were kind of half in, half out, I think. I got my point across that, you know, it's a new leaf. It's a new slate. Um, you know, a lot of emphasis on the offseason coming, and, and I think they're seeing some results. That They started winning some games there. You know, in fall league, they were very successful. They had, they were in the weight room, and, and, you know, they're seeing some early success closing some games out uh, so far this year. Well, and Coach, it seems as though a good characteristic of a team that can win basketball games is a team that can win them in many different ways. You guys have have won some dominant games. You've put up close to 70 points, and you've also won some nail-biters and some one-possession games. Most recently, uh, you know, the Hurricane game, I'm sure a lot of people wish they bet the under in that game. Uh, but it, it seems as though early on you guys can win games a variety of different ways. Yeah, that's the goal. It's definitely been uh, – there's been some games, like you said, that have been completely different. Um, it, it all starts on the defensive end and bringing the energy. That's kind of the identity I'm trying to bring um, to this team, and I'm kind of getting them to understand that if, if you can bring your, your heart and energy and soul and pour it into the defensive end, that's something that you, you can bring to the table every game because there's going to be nights where we can't hit shots, and we certainly struggled shooting the basketball against Hurricane, um, but, but we led that energy and defense to kind of guide us to, to help us close that game out. Well, Coach, the defense is definitely doing its part. You've held teams to under 40 points all but one game so far this season. What, what's exactly the different looks you're giving teams on defense? Is it switching? Is it what, What's really causing this defense to take that next step for Muslim and girls basketball? Well, to start, we have a lot of length and speed. So I'm trying to utilize our strengths there. So we do have that going for us naturally. Um, defensively, we're a team that, that likes to pressure you. And, and honestly, there isn't really one set defense that, that we look at. There's a lot of defenses I like to throw out there. Um, it confuses some teams. where We got the length, and we have a little bit of depth off the bench as well. Um, and, and, you know, if, you, if you're able to, to, to put it together there and run different defenses at a high level, it really is hard for teams to adjust to an extent when you're pressing. Uh, so, Coach, now you've – brought everything together uh you've got things started you've established that culture uh as far as personnel this year who has stood out to you so far and who do you think is is ready to take a step forward and become those household names to people that follow epac basketball well since, since we're going with defense and energy as our identity i'd have to give credit to nevea thompson and jasmine morris to kind of be the anchors to kickstart our defense. I mean, those two are relentless on the defensive end. Lots of hustle, rebounds. They're, they're very, very uh, in your face. They make things very difficult for each team to, to make run their sets and run things offensively. Uh, you know, Jasmine Morris is also one that this is actually her true first really varsity experience getting the, the role. She's came in in a big way. She, she had 14 rebounds against Hurricane, you know, five steals. She's and she's almost a, a walking double, double, double threat every night. Um, you know, it starts there. Um, we have a freshman starting point guard, Emily Stevens. She had a lot of success over the middle school. She brings a lot of energy. She's doing a nice job um, filling in that role because, as you know, it's tough for a freshman to come in there and uh, start right away. But she's done a really nice job 
Um, Jada Gunn's another sophomore off the bench. Brought a lot of big things. She, she's long, fast, athletic. She can step out and shoot it. She, she hit a big, big sound shot to seal the deal against Hurricane. Um, Sarah Price is a senior that I think comes back with Sierra Polar. I think those two um, bring a lot of good leadership, defense to the table. Um, Sarah's a really important piece vocally. She kind of brings the team together. And then, you know, Sierra's really fast. She, she brings a lot of defense, and she can hit some big-time shots when necessary. Well, Coach, you mentioned a lot of speed and length and athleticism on the defensive side of the floor. How does that translate to offense? Have you guys had an opportunity to turn you know turnovers into points, and, and how do you play in the half court? Oh, absolutely. Uh, like I said, the Hurricane game, uh, that, was, uh, that was our worst offensive performance, I'd say, all season so far. We just we had no legs. We were exhausted. We could not buy a shot down there. Um, so we had to go off the defense and energy and turn up the tempo. So we try to make it a track meet on this. We're, we're a pretty dangerous team when it's up and down and it's more in the, you know, the, the speed chase setting where we can score layups and turn you over and make things chaotic. That's kind of where we thrive. Um, but we're getting better about getting the reps in, in the half court. Um, but like I said earlier, defensively we will throw a lot of full court pressure at you we'll throw some half court I, I like to throw a variety of different defenses there isn't really one specifically that you're going to see guaranteed every game and coach not to look too far into the future but you do have the epac conference schedule coming up and you look at the slate this year and washington has everybody back from a, a state tournament team a year ago um but you look around and there's been the changes at spring mills uh, Martinsburg uh, looked like it was on its way up at the end of last season, but uh, you look top to bottom, and it it's a wide open uh, EPAC schedule this year. So, how do you prepare your team uh, to go in there and and try to you know seize control of some momentum uh, once conference play comes around? Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I think it's wide open. I think any team in the EPAC has the opportunity to seal the deal and punch the ticket. I think the girls understand that. And one thing that that you know, I, I talk to these girls is they've been kind of written off already. A lot of people, they hear it in their own school. You know, this is a program that has won, I guess, eight or nine games in two years. You know, they hear it all. We're going to be last this year, yada, yada, yada. So they're pretty motivated. They hear it all. And I think they just they are locked in. They're going game by game. We just prep for each team. Um, and, and I think sometimes instead of looking at too far in the future, you kind of stick to what's working for you which we know a lot of energy and defense is where our strength lies. So I think we ride on that and everything else will kind of fall into place. And that's what, that's kind of how we're going to prep for it. But I couldn't agree more. I think uh, it's pretty wide open. I think it's going to be really exciting in the EPAC. Well, our guest this morning has been Tim Potter, the head coach of those Musselman Lady Alphaman that girls basketball team off to a hot start. Coach, we appreciate you giving us the time this morning and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That's uh, again, Tim Potter of Musselman girls basketball team and guys, I think they're making a lot of waves early. Again, this team won five games a year ago. They're 5-2 and two to start the season. And a lot of things you like to hear from a coach talking about speed, athleticism, being able to translate defense into offense. This team checks a lot of boxes, Parker Stone. And, you know, I think they have the strongest early season, and seven games into the season, mind you, but the strongest early season resume to say Washington is probably the favorite going into conference schedule or conference playing the EPAC. Uh, but why not, Musselman, for that number two spot? I mean, that's really the statement. It's really looked like this entire season. It's who can be that second team with Spring Mills' amount of departures they've had and them having to hit the reset button, it looks like, on that team and that culture. 
what's going to be the team that takes that opportunity and runs with it. And right now it looks like Musselman is taking the opportunity. Coach Potter's bringing a strong defensive culture, and it seems like he's got this team playing the right way now. He's adamant on changing this at Musselman on the girls' side of things. And it's working for the most part, at least out of conference play. You beat a Hurricane team, you go toe-to-toe with Sharando and play a tough game against them on the girls' side, and you go get tested with a Cabell Midland team that performed really good last year on the girls' side of things. So the early tests have been there. Now I'm interested to see how they handle conference play. Hedgesville's been playing tough on the girls' end. We'll have to see what the ceiling is for them. Jefferson as well. And Martinsburg, too, are all teams that are going to give really good shots, I think, to Musselman. But in the early part of the season, I, I don't want to throw any crowns and give any crowns out in December because we, we know that's not, all, everything changes in a month and a half in high school basketball. But right now, Musselman girls might be the most impressive taking one year leap team that we've seen this season well and daniel let's be honest you know we don't root for one specific team in the epac but we root for the epac as a whole and girls basketball is something that's kind of been overlooked by the rest of the state uh no more evident than spring mills last year had an undefeated season and were given the four seed at the state i'm sorry they were the five seed they didn't even get to wear their home jerseys for the first round game when uh, they were able to win and then were eliminated by Willing Park, who eliminated Washington, who was the eighth seed in the first round. You know, this is an area that has a lot to prove in terms of contending with the rest of the state down in Charleston. And what I'm more excited to see than anything is I want to have a good season, but I want to send two teams down to Charleston this year that can really wreak some havoc and elevate the rest of the state's perception on the basketball that's played out in the Eastern Panhandle on the girls' side of things. You're right, and we've talked about this a little bit with with boys' basketball as well, but I think it really stands up for girls' basketball. Everybody wants to talk about Region 1 in 4A because it's Morgantown and it's Wheeling Park and it's University, all in the same region. Uh, it's, you get a pretty competitive region out here in the in the EPAC as well. Uh, so that Spring Mills team gave Wheeling Park everything that it could handle, and then Wheeling Park turned around and took Morgantown down to the wire. So it's pretty tough to come away from that and say that there's not good girls basketball in the EPAC because there absolutely is. And I, I genuinely believe that with Washington having so much back this year, they're going to be a tough team to knock off that top spot. But I also genuinely believe that they're really any of the other teams uh, in the EPAC could take that step forward and be the second team uh, in the conference this year and out of this region and could surprise some people when the time rolls around in March. Well, again, our guest in this segment was Tim Potter of the Musselman Girls Basketball Team. We're going to post this uh, podcast coming up in just a couple of moments. You're not going to want to miss tomorrow's show either. Another team that's uh, trying to throw off the shackles of just you know some unimpressive run of form is the Hedgesville Lady Eagles basketball team. Won just two games a season ago. They've started the year 2-0. and Gracie Brown has scored over 20 points in back-to-back games. It was a freshman last year, a key contributor to the Hedgesville softball team as well. They're a really exciting team, and their head coach, Matt Faircloth, will join us tomorrow at 8.30. You're not going to want to miss that. You're also not going to want to miss our final segment. Parker Stone's going to try to make you some money. We'll look back at Monday Night Football as well and uh, get you set up for our broadcast schedule for this upcoming week. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live. Want to join the conversation? Tweet your thoughts on today's show at EP Sports Network. Final segment of this Tuesday edition of Panhandle Sports Live. The award-winning Panhandle Live coming up next. And like I said, 930 
Uh, we have a pretty significant political announcement. We're already ran the breaking newscast. For those of you that heard it, you already know it. Uh, but uh, we would encourage you to tune in because John Doyle will be our guest. Daniel Woods in the co-host chair today in the slightly smaller big chair. He's going to be with me. That's going to be a ton of fun. But uh, we've got him in studio along with Parker Stone. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 luck. Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Prove it, it's never fails. Never failed once. You know, last night was a very weird night of football. We ended up whiffing partially due to the Tyree kill injury in that game, which I, I tweeted this out last night. I got a little bit of traction. The most NFL in 2023 happening is Tyree kill missing a chance to chase 2,000 receiving yards because of an injury. So, And that is what it is. I hope he still gets it. I hope he's all right. He came back into the game, which is cool. Just hope he's okay and he can keep chasing the record. Jaden Reed had one of the weirdest receiving games I think I've ever seen in my life. He had like almost 10 catches and 20 receiving yards. Just they used him in a weird amount. Uh, of the way. Deontay Johnson stat line. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he used him in a really weird way. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's a he's a free agent after this year. So Good. Yeah. Dude, Deontay Johnson? Yeah, he's a free agent after Good. this year. So. All right. No love lost for Deontay Johnson in this room. And then, and then surprising, I was shocked to see the amount of differential between the amount of carries between Raheem Mostert and Devon A. Chan in that Tennessee game. It was staggering. Also, shout out to Raheem Mostert, tied the Miami Dolphins' single season franchise record for rushing touchdowns in a season. Doesn't he lead the NFL in touchdowns, though? Yeah, he has 16. I'll give you guys $1 if you can tell me whose record he tied in Miami. In Miami? Yes. Rushing touchdowns? Rushing touchdowns. <laughs> If you can tell me. Dan Marino? I have no idea. Dan, why would you pick Dan Marino? I don't, I was, that was a joke. I was making a joke. Um, I don't I, I don't know if I can name five. Ronnie Brown. Miles Gaskin. Not Miles Gaskin. Ricky it, Williams. If You got it, Ricky Williams. There you go. Ricky Williams was the... Ricky uh, Prohl. Ricky Prohl. Shot the Ricky Prohl one time. <laughs> All right, it's time to Rick bring... Rick Beanbag. Some, it's time to bring some thunder for you. It is Trey Tuesday here. <laughs> On Parker's picks, let's get you some NBA action going on. We've got a little bit of international flavor going on for Trey Tuesday today. I'm taking you picking to, EuroLeague overs? Not EuroLeague. Give we're, me Barcelona. We're going Luka Doncic over three and a half threes is going to be our lock. Nothing says Luka Doncic, but Luka Doncic said in an Italian accent. Luka Doncic. We're taking his over on threes, three and a half. Headband Luka is a thing now, and I'm all the way here for it. He's going over three and a half threes today. We're also going with my favorite where uh, my favorite Latvian Boston Celtic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I couldn't remember where he was. He was just was rolling from. through the oh eastern, eastern block countries in his mind. I couldn't. I, I had to remember not where Not Kosovo, not Latvia. I almost said Slovakia. Slovakia. Romania, Slovenia, so Czechia. He, he is from Latvia. Macedonia. My favorite Latvian Boston Celtic of all time, Kristaps Porzingis over one Can and you please threes. look up if there's been a second Latvian to play for the Boston Celtics? You ever been to Bosnia? <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we're, we're going to take Devin Booker's over two and a half threes against the Golden State Warriors. I, Booker hasn't been able to hit the three-pointers to a higher range amount so far in the last couple weeks, but I think he's doing a game where the Warriors kind of lacks on defense for the most part. I think he's going to have a solid game in where he's going to be asked to shoot the basketball and line the shootout. So, Doncic's over three and a half, Porzingis over one and a half, Booker over two and a half, full three overs today for Trey Tuesday. Porzingis is the only Latvian Boston Celtic who's ever yeah. lived. Yeah! By the way, Texter says... And Mother Russia, thunder rolls you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Bring it.
Could you point to Latvia on a map? Probably not, but <laughs> it, it's somewhere in the middle. So uh, I'm, I'm looking at this page that is is showing me the players from Latvia currently in the NBA, and there's two of them. Uh, it's Davis Bertans and Kristaps. I forgot he was from Latvia. Would you like to hazard a guess at, as to what the age difference between Davis Bertans and Kristaps Porzingis is? Three years. Good question. Are they the same age? Who's older? Who's older? Bert, I mean, Kristaps has been in the okay, league. Bert, Bertans is three years older than Porzingis. Hey. But he was in the, he's not been in the league as long, has he? He has not. Okay. All right, so our, for our uh, geography buffs Name out there, one country. Are you looking at a map right I, now? I have it right here, so I okay. won't say it. All right, I'm going to pull it up. Daniel Woods. By the, by the way, now that we're now that this is... Derailed. Uh, this is... Into a geography lesson. This is the world's foremost Latvian NBA podcast. Uh, shout out to Wizards legend Anzes Pasechniks. Absolutely. Daniel Woods, uh, there are one, two, three, four countries that border Latvia. Uh, can you name any of them? We're taking Russia off the table. Okay, Russia's off the Slovenia. So, no. Uh, no. All right. Um, <laughs> that, was a, his, that was just one in the like, chamber. Uh, are, are any of them... We, we're going to open are, source are, this. Hold are, on. We're going to open source this to the text line. 304-263-4321. Can you name, with the exception of Russia, one of the three countries that border Latvia? Are any of them former Yugoslav republics? Don't ask me that question. No. Serbia, Croatia, Bosnia and Montenegro. No. No, that's south. That's That's the the okay, so no. All right. Also, a texter wants to say George Costanza approves of Latvia, <laughs> and I'm not a. I don't get that <laughs> reference. I'm not a Seinfeld guy, but Parker Stone does. That's a, that's a great. That's a great countries line. that border Latvia. All right, we're going to give you a couple of guesses. Help Daniel Woods out. Three zero four two six three four three two. One of them starts with an L. Don't give that. That's, that's a hint. Yeah, but there's one country in Europe that starts with an L. Yeah, Latvia. Besides Latvia. <laughs> <laughs> There's two um, countries in Europe that start Belarus. Uh, Belarus is one of them. Yeah! Yes. Belarus. Uh, Estonia and Lithuania. Lithuania. The there you go. <laughs> Shout out to Big Z. <laughs> All right, guys. We've derailed this long enough. Uh, any other Europe Eastern European geography questions can be sent to the text line, 304-263-4321. I welcome them. <laughs> we, we welcome them with, with intrigue. Uh, and uh, Parker Stone's favorite Latvian Celtic of all time does as well. Um, last night, Sunday, making Monday Night Football. Guys, a couple of games that were so chaotic, I wish that I didn't go to bed at 6 o'clock, but I did. Um, the Titans outlast the Dolphins 28-27. to The Titans win just their fifth game of the season. Let's listen back to some of the highlights, I say, as I close the tab, on what was a, a really exciting game uh, for Tennessee yesterday. A lot of key touchdowns scored in that game. Another one by DeAndre Hopkins, this call, and the one you just heard, uh, courtesy of WGFX. Levis gets him on the ball. First and goal at the two. Levis looks, 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 pumps, steps up, looks, throws, caught, touchdown, Titans, DeAndre Hopkins. So not a lot for Tennessee to cheer about this season, Park, but they looked pretty good last night. I will say this. I think I believe in Will Levis as a franchise quarterback. Ooh. I I think he's got the raw potentials. I think everybody really soured on him last year because a lot of key pieces left him 
He was really good two years ago at Kentucky. It's I call it Sam Howell syndrome. It's when you have a prospect that played good, didn't have their best season the next year, and then you sour on them. A lot of people soured on Will Levis, and he definitely has the tools, to, I think, to be a quality NFL quarterback. It's just he's got to get more pieces surrounded with him. I mean, he's got a twilight in his career. DeAndre Hopkins is his best receiver. Well, let, but... me, let me bring you to that point then. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is 31 years old. Derrick Henry is 29, but for a running back, that's like 33. Mm-hmm. And he carried the ball 17 times for 34 yards. Averaged two yards to carry, though he did find the end zone twice. I mean, if Will Levis is the guy that Tennessee wants to be the guy – I mean, none of these weapons are going to be around by the time it's ready for them to compete for a playoff spot. Yeah, they're going to have to draft somebody. Either They're probably going to have to draft receiver or tight end come draft time. They have I to. I mean, who on this roster is going to be worth anything in the next couple of years other than Traylon Burks? I was going to say, you would like to think Traylon Burks. <laughs> but he hasn't shown it I, yet. I, I would like to see what Ty J. Spears can do. I like him a lot. When he has an opportunity to take two-thirds of the carries on a team, but you're still not going to do that with Derrick Henry on the roster. Right. So... He's a free agent after this season. He is. It's it's an interesting conversation. Maybe him and Deontay Johnson can go somewhere together. Uh, it's it's <laughs> wow. an interesting conversation. And to that have. it's the Canadian Football League. <laughs> oh my gosh! But no, I'm I'm excited to see what the future is for Tennessee overall. I really like Will Levis, and I think he's got a future. Well, and Parker Stone will stick with you because we also want to talk about your G-men who got it done last night. Here's the walk-off field goal, uh, courtesy of the legendary WFAN. Pride of the long snapper. Snap is good. Kick on its way. End over end, and it is good! And the Giants have beaten the Packers 24-22. I don't know what to take away from this game. I mean, Tommy DeVito didn't exactly play well. Like we mentioned, the spotlight was stolen by his agent. For those of you that haven't seen... Uh, this guy that looked like he's in his 20s was wearing a black pinstripe. Looked like a Tim Robinson character. <laughs> he was wearing a black pinstripe suit and a fedora and was talking on his phone on the side. I mean, all I mean, it just absolutely. It's got to be a bit at this point, doesn't it? You'd have to think so, although he's making a huge deal. If you look, go on his Twitter page, I can't remember the agent's name, making a huge deal about being part of the Salem Witches football team. Um, what? <laughs> he's a big fan of being a Salem witch. Uh, so that, that was a big thing, but I, I don't want to take away from Parker Stone because his G-men won their fifth game of the season. It, the Giants have won, pump the brakes, the Giants have won three straight games, have <laughs> tied for the longest active winning streak in the NFL right now. So I I don't know what to think either. It's It's been a fun ride. I think no matter what happens with Tommy DeVito, he's got a really fun pasta sauce line coming up at some point. He's It's been a fun He's going to open a restaurant. Outside the stadium, and that's it's going to be called Tommy's Cutlets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's just going to do that for the rest of his it's, life. It's it's an interesting story because what I'm interested to find out is next. The Giants have so many questions next year. What are they going to do? They have a giant contract for Daniel Jones. Do you keep him and write it out? Because you have an out on that contract after 2024. You can cut him and save a lot of money. They're they're cutting him. Do you try and <laughs> hear the? Do you try and trade that contract this off season? Do you have a competition with DeVito and Jones? No. Or do you draft Surely a guy? Not. Surely I, not. I I mean, there's so many questions at quarterback for this team. Michael Penix, you are a New York Giant. Speaking of big contracts, we're running out of time in the show. Shohei Otani's contract we talked about yesterday. Gross. $700 million uh, that was going to be sprinkled over 10 years. Psych. He's getting paid $2 million a year through the entirety of the actual contract until afterwards he's going to be paid a lump sum of $680 million. This is nuts. 
That's the craziest thing I think I've ever seen. He's going to get paid two million, and the the reason he's doing this is because he makes fifty million a year from endorsements. And then when he's done with the contract, the the Dodgers, who I guarantee will not pay it all at one time, have to give him a check for six hundred eighty million dollars. Correct. Uh, before we get out of here, back to the Latvia questions. All right. Um, <laughs> of all of the Latvian players who have ever set foot on an NBA court, who has played the most games? Latvia. Latvia. Oh, God. Arvita Sabonis, is he Latvian? He's Lithuanian. I don't, I don't know. I have no clue. Andres Biedrins. Andres Biedrins. <laughs> what a, what a poll. This show went off the rails. I love it, though. All right, that's going to do it for us. We're going to post this podcast here in just a couple of minutes, uh, and we've got Panhandle Live coming up in just a moment. This is Daniel's Choice Music. Not mine, but it's less than Jake to take us to the break. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.